Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. Focus, discipline, productivity, physical and mental health. These are just some of the attributes we think about that are often associated with the practice of martial arts. In this week's episode, our Bob Archer, a martial art practitioner himself, chats with One Firefly's John Baskerville and Taurus Power's Kevin Maine about their involvement in martial arts and what it's meant for their well-being and their careers. Hi, I'm Bob Archer. I'm with CE Pro Magazine, and today we've got an Industry's Got Talent special edition of CE Pro's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about martial arts, and I have a pair of martial artists with me that have been practicing and enjoy the lifestyle elements of martial arts. I have John Baskerville from One Firefly and Kevin Maine from Taurus Power with me today. How are you guys doing? Good to be here today, Bob. Thank you. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun talking about martial arts, not only the the obvious elements of it, you know, the uh, self-defense aspects and and whatnot, but we're going to talk about martial arts as a lifestyle, which I think is important for people to understand if they've ever thought about trying to exercise and and take care of themselves, uh, the mental and physical uh, aspects that martial arts can bring to someone's life. Um, so uh, I want to get right involved into this. Uh, I'll start with you, Sean. How did you get involved in martial arts, and why have you continued to practice martial arts after all these years? Sure. You know, I, I got into it in, in high school. Um, so ninth grade, um, young man. Uh, I was looking for a sport where where there'd be a one-on-one opportunity, right? Um, I, I'd done a lot of team sports, and they're great. They're good team-building uh, 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 activities. You do learn a lot. Uh, in those sports, but I was looking for something where I could have uh, a one-on-one, and uh, so wrestling is is where it started. A cousin of mine actually said he was going to join the wrestling team, and I said, "Do you want to?" He said, "He asked me, do you want to? You want to uh, join it with me?" And I said, "Yes." And of course, like many people, not knowing that uh, high school even had a wrestling team, like to think that there was actually a combat sport uh, that that uh, that was being offered up in high school um, was uh, that that was illuminating. I had no idea, so. Um, but that immediately attracted me, attracted me. Uh, I signed up and fell in love with it ever since. Um, and so I am now 45 years old. I'm still participating, participating in the sport, um, not competing, but um, uh, it is a lifestyle sport for me at this point, uh, and I do enjoy it. So I do get a lot from it, but that's how I found it. I found it in high school and, and fell in love with it uh, ever since then. Hey, and you, Kevin? Well, I came about it in a little bit of a different path than John. Um, you know, karate uh, to me is, is something that's relatively new. Um, and I may have shared this with you at one time, Bob, but um, I have a, a teenage son and um, we started him on the karate. Well, we started him in uh, jujitsu uh, when he was about uh, seven or eight years old. And then we continued into karate. And, uh, you know, I, I'm taking him every week or a couple of times a week to these uh, karate workouts to the dojo. And I started thinking about the fact that I'm going to have an 18 year old black belt kid on my hand, on my hands that, um, you know, maybe it's going to be a bit difficult for me to control at times. So, uh, so I thought I better do something about this and uh, decided that I would get involved and started doing the karate with him. Uh, so we've taken an approach as a family now where we're doing it uh, as a family and uh, 
we work out at, uh, at a local club here. Um, and, you know, we enjoy, I mean, not just the lifestyle, it's, it's, uh, it's a learning about uh, yourself uh, and a, an awareness about yourself and an awareness about other people. Uh, and it really goes well beyond the sport. I mean, for me, um, you know, exercise was, was one of my goals. Um, having something to focus on that took my mind away from the business um, was another one of my goals. Uh, and, and the real treat for me has been kind of the family part of it and being able to do this with my son. It's brought us closer together and, and it's brought us a, a better understanding of each other. Kevin, could you um, uh, state the style of karate? I think for people unaware, uh, karate and kung fu have many different forms um, or styles. Uh, what style do you practice? So we, we practice traditional Surinji Karate, uh, which is the traditional karate from Okinawa. Um, our club here, our local club, has been in operation for uh, 40 years. And uh, it's a small community here, so it's a very small club. Uh, but our head instructor, who is, her name is Lisa Robinson. She's a sixth degree black belt in Shirinji Karate. And she's a first degree black belt in uh, Ekijitsu. Um, so the club gets into some other forms of martial arts as well, in, including, uh, you know, the Taekwondo and, and uh, Jiu Jitsu and, and some of the other forms, but primarily it's focused on the Shirinji Karate. Okay, uh, just, I'll throw my, my little uh, bit in here too. I started wrestling in high school. I stopped practicing martial arts from, um, after high school until my early 40s, um, my my kids and wife had signed up at the local or a local uh, studio, Five Dragons in Haver, which is a Kyokushin karate school under Sensei Mark Hicks. And um, after a couple of months, I was like, I should be doing that. It's it's great exercise for them, and uh, you know I've been doing it ever since. And um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to earn my black belt a few years ago or a couple of years ago. And uh, more recently, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at Bender uh, Jiu-Jitsu here in my hometown under uh, uh, Professor Julio Bender, who's uh, a recognized figure in that community. So I've been really lucky to have some awesome influences in terms of martial arts uh, in, in, you know, as an adult. But, um, okay, moving on to something that we had alluded to earlier, the lifestyle benefits. Um, this time we'll start with you, Kevin. Um, do you see any benefits to practicing martial art in your electronics industry career? Yeah, there's, there's absolute benefits, Bob. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know this really well uh, with your, you know, with your uh, commitment to the, the martial arts, but um, focus, um, Inner, you know, inner strength producing outer strength, learning how to deal with stress um, and, and learning how to focus and, and channel your stress are all things that transfer from practicing karate for me to, you know, what I deal with on a day-to-day, day-to-day, uh, uh, you know, business situations. Um, and a lot of it is about um, finding a, a deeper understanding for yourself um, which, you know, allows you to be more patient in situations and more understanding of other people. Um, you know, we, 
we we certainly practice uh, karate at the dojo, but but we also spend time learning about you know the understanding of of what the lessons are trying to teach. Um, it's it's really woven into the fabric of the club, and and you know that's been one of the um, real big benefits for me is to be able to take that and apply it to the business world and and make you know more stressful situations manageable. That's really interesting, Kevin. I I feel the same way. Particularly, Kyokushin is known as a hard style, and it's known for its striking, but it also has kata. And um, one of my favorite katas is a, is a deep breathing kata called Sanchin, and um, it dates back uh, to uh, to Chinese monks in about 2,000 years ago. It's a deep breathing. It's called a buki breathing. And uh, if I feel stressed or overwhelmed, if I can slide off and and do that kata, it, it will it will help calm me down. And um, uh, and plus, there's the uh, the exercise benefit of practicing uh, martial arts. And 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 I'll say that. Uh, the competitive spirit, even though I'm not capable, uh, you know, I'll never, the UFC isn't looking for me, you know, but uh, simply um, wanting to be the best of myself, whether it's, it's you know, sparring, doing Kyokushin or, or rolling, um, you know, with Jiu-Jitsu, I want to do as well as possible, even if I'm going to lose, I, I still want to compete, so... Um, I think there are a number of benefits to doing martial arts. Yeah, you know, we, we our club focuses a lot on the um, katas. And, um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed that part of it um, just because of the, the focus and the concentration that you need to have. Um, you know, I, I always, I, I'm always amazed at the end of our, our karate sessions. I mean, we typically go for two hours uh, sometimes two and a half hours. And uh, I'm always amazed at the end of it that you look back and think, wow, I didn't think of anything else during the past two or two and a half hours other than karate and focusing on the katas and, and remembering and trying to make the proper moves and, you know, the right breathing and, and all of the, the proper techniques. And, and that, that's always kind of um, interested me and amazed me that, you know, you can get away from the world for for a short period of time and just be so immersed into something. Um, you know, it, it, it's really, for me, that's been one of the big benefits of, of doing this is, is just getting the time away from everything else in the world. Okay, and uh, John, from your perspective, what, what benefits do you see practicing martial arts to your career at One Firefly? Yeah, sure, and, and my apologies for cutting in and out here. I'm at the mercy of the internet for, for... <laughs> all intents and purposes. But yeah, you know, it, it, you know, for me, it's, it's, I think if you ask a lot of people that have competed in these martial arts sports, you're going to hear things about, um, you know, learning about failure, learning about tenacity and, and, and uh, overcoming and go-getter attitudes and, and all of those things that kind of come with the sport. So, you know, if I, if I think of something that I can offer the audience that may be a bit, because I certainly agree with all of that, might be a bit unique from that is that for me what I've learned the most and bring it into my career is is the humility of it all <clears throat> and you know if you're going to 
decide to participate in the sport, even if you're just sparring, right? Even if you just decide to walk into a room, maybe you don't have ambitions to compete. You're still going to have to uh, submit yourself, put your pride and ego to the side and allow someone who is better than you uh, to teach you, um, uh, to show you where your deficiencies are. Um, and certainly if you then decide to go in and compete, um, you're, you're really going to be, um, you're, you're, you are going to have to put your pride to the side because you're not going to walk out there on day one um, conquering the world. Uh, you're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose a lot before you actually start winning. And at one point, uh, there will be uh, a shift and, and you'll lose less. And then one day you'll, you'll win more. And um, so there's a humility in all of that. On, on any given day, someone is better than you. And bringing that into your workspace, um, what that has translated for me is that on any given day, if I don't show up and be my best, um, there will be failure. If, if I don't commit myself fully to a process or a project, um, the output to the organization is going to be less. Um, if I look around to my left and right and I look at my peers, that humility will, will have me immediately recognize that someone knows something more than I do. Uh, in a particular area or is doing something better in a particular area than I do. And that humility all through all, through all of that just um, sets you up to persevere. Um, and it's just a profound recognition that um, there's always room to grow. There's always room to be better. There's always more to learn. Um, and that failure is a process. And, and you learn. You go back, you look at the tape, figure out what, what, what could I have done better, and then you go out there and, and do better. Um, and that translates well in, into any career or any, any aspect of your life. And, uh, so that's, that's what I've found. Humility is a big, big piece of these martial arts sports, no doubt about it. And you guys know that very well. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that is absolutely uh, right on uh, humility and respect for your peers. Um, you know, in the case of martial arts, if you're sparring someone or if you're rolling, if it's jiu-jitsu or whatever, um, the respect, you know, you're tapping hands, it's a, you bow, uh, you, you know, to your opponent, um, the respect is built in there. And, and that kind of translates to your life. I know at times if I'm tired, I, I have to get out of the martial arts mentality of, okay, I can't say us, or I can't, I can't bow because this isn't, uh, I'm not on the mats right now, but, uh, um, you're absolutely right on with that. Bob, you I mean, you work out with the club, right? Uh, it's it's a school. Yeah, we call it schools. Yeah, um, Five Dragons is independent. It used to be a member of a uh, uh, North American Kyokushin, and then Kyokushin Khan. But we won't get into the politics of karate, as you're probably aware. It's 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 absolutely riddled with bad politics. Um, thankfully, uh, Bender Jitsu is a member of the Zenith Network, which is um, um, oh, Professor um, Robert, um, um, I'm drawing a blank on his last name in Las Vegas. John, you might know uh, who he is. He's, uh, he trains a lot of UFC guys. Uh, um, that's terrible, I'm forgetting. It's terrible, but anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's schools and they're affiliated schools. And John, are you, are you actively involved in a club or a school? So I, um, uh, not at the moment. Uh, when I am active, uh, I go to Pariah MMA. Um, so that's here in Colorado Springs. They're, they're one, of, one of the great, great schools here. Um, and I wouldn't consider myself a regular. Um, at, at the moment, uh, I'm not participating at that school. 
Um, but when I decide, you know, there'll, there'll be times in the year where I'd say, I get up and I say, man, I'm going to get motivated now. I'm going to start making, making a habit out of it. That's the school I go to. The, the, the coaching there is fantastic. It's, it's best in class. And uh, the, the reason that I, I kind of mentioned that is because, um, John, you had mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, looking up and down the line and, you know, understanding that there are people that are better and people that are not as, not as well trained. And, and, you know, the one thing that I always really was impressed with, with the club that I've participated in is the people that are, there the people that are participating uh, that are engaged in the sport uh, they all have something very similar about them all and they're all the type of people that you want to be around whether it's um you know working out in a karate club or out enjoying uh you know some some relaxation time with some friends or or in a work environment they're all people that you know that you want to have around i, I mean you know, I remember a saying, um, God determines who walks into your life. It's up to you to decide who walks away, who stays, and who you refuse to let go. And to me, all the people in the club are the ones that I just don't want to let go. They all have something about them. And, and I think that's common throughout all of the martial arts. I, I, I would agree with that, Kevin. I, I think the, the, key, with the caveat being is, is you, you, you find there a good school. I will say, in my experience, we were lucky to find Sensei Mark and his family uh, who have been excellent uh, mentors. Um, but with, with Bender, I did a lot of research because I knew after learning, going through um, – you know, karate, and I, I had an appetite to learn more. Um, I wanted to make sure that I placed myself in a quality environment for jiu-jitsu because not all schools are created the same. Mm -hmm. And um, it's easy to go down. And, and I don't know if we're going to have time to get into it about uh, McDojo-type environments and everything. But, um, you know, a good school has all these benefits besides the martial arts, the lifestyle, uh, and, and all of that. And I think that's what you're speaking of, this quality people that you train with who are respectful, a word that we used earlier. Yeah, you become a community with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, uh, Sean, we'll start with you on this one. What are your favorite parts of practicing martial arts? Is it sparring um, or is it some other element? You know, I'm going to say it's the, this is going to be, it's an unpopular answer if you're, uh, if you come from the school of wrestling, because many will not say this, but it, it's the drilling. Um, but what they will agree with, and when I say drilling, it's just the repetition of going, through, you know, practicing the moves. You, you all know what that is. But it's, uh, but what they would agree with is it's the, the curriculum, right? So it's, it's the learning the technique. Um, and getting better at uh, uh, the technical side of things. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you can be as talented as you, you know, you can have all the natural gifts in the world. Um, but if you step out there and that's all you have, and you're facing someone who is a clinician, um, they will make quick work of you. And so what it forces is it forces a discipline to actually learn the curriculum of the sport, learn the technique, um, and, and dedicate yourself to that. And, and because that's what's gonna separate you at the end of the day. If you have some natural talents, use them as best you can, but 
pay attention to the small details, learn the techniques, and then drill those techniques over and over and over. Because what happens at the end of the day, and you all know this very well, is that it's not a hundred times. You're not drilling it a thousand times. You're drilling it hundreds of thousands, thousands of times. So that at some point that just becomes a part of who you are, it becomes part of your neuro neurological synapses. It becomes part of your muscle reflex. It's actually built in you. So when you feel something happening to you or someone's moving to the left or the right and you can instantly recognize what that is, your body just responds without the thought. Um, it's less deliberate than it is reflexive. And it's because you've built that into your, your muscle memory, you've built that into your DNA because you've done it so many times, hundreds of thousands of times. So that's what I really appreciate. And it's really just understanding, um, again, the technical side of things. And so that it, it's, uh, because once you've gotten that, it, it makes it so much easier. Once you've learned the sport, it, it makes it so much easier. It's, it's less force. Um, and I, I really enjoy that piece of it. And when you got it and when you know it snaps and you finally got it, that's, that's such a reward there. I, I agree with that uh, completely. Having gone through the process to get my black belt in karate. There was a learning process the first few years and I, I took a beating, you know, and, uh, but by time I got up to my brown belt level, things started to level off for me and I could compete better because I had a better understanding of the techniques and could, and was more efficient using the techniques. And uh, now I'm going through it all over again with jiu-jitsu where I'm not efficient at all. I'm, struggling to keep my head above water but it's fun it's a fun struggle and that's the competitiveness of wanting to do well that i was talking about earlier um so um um yeah um kevin do you have any thoughts on this well we so our our club um we focus on um the uh karate technique, so doing the katas. Uh, we, do, we also do sparring and we do uh, traditional weapons, uh, uh, both um, you know, techniques and practice with weapons. Um, we've spent more time on kata than anything else. And again, again, I think that speaks to what John was saying, where you, you learn something uh, so many you know, times, hundreds of thousands of times you practice the same technique that it just becomes inherent in in who you are um, and for me i i've enjoyed um really i've enjoyed the kata learning the katas more than any of the other parts of it um you know the other parts are fun the weapons are fun the sparring is fun but to me the kata is it's so much about perseverance and and memory and focus and i mean you can't be thinking or doing anything else when you're trying to, you know, perfect a kata. Um, and, and that's really where the concentration and all of those things come into play. And for me, I like that part of it. I like the repetition. I like the, you know, learning and going over. I mean, um, you know, the first kata that we learned and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm still on my journey for greatness in karate, if you will. I'm, I'm a green belt. So I'm only, a third Caillou, um, and I've got a long way to go. Um, but, you know, it's, it's doing these techniques over and over again and learning them and focusing on them and trying to perfect them. Um, and every time that you do a kata, you do it 
a little bit better than the time that you last did it. And you learn a little bit more and you watch how other people are doing it and, and you watch the areas where you're struggling and trying to, you know, remember certain moves or certain sequences. And, and you know, th that's the part that I really like. I just like the um, uh, being immersed and engaged in, in, in it at, that, at th those times. Excellent. Before I, I start with my next question, I'll say uh, the head of Zenith is Robert Drysdale. Uh, so if anyone wants to look up Robert Drysdale, he's uh, at the highest levels uh, of that field. But Kevin, your response is a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, um, now we've spoken about this to a certain degree, but how much do you value the other sides of, of martial arts, um, the lifestyle and elements, including diet, stretching, taking care of yourself mentally, and, and trying to be a better person, which I think is part of the Budo, if you practice a, a traditional Japanese martial art or a Chinese martial art. Yeah, it, it's, um, well, you know, right now I'm kind of uh, dealing with some of the after effects of COVID. Um, so I don't know that I'm, the lifestyle has been, you know, really working well for me in the last six months. But, <laughs> but once we get back to it, you know, we've been away from the club for a little while because of the, the pandemic. Um, but once we get back to it, I mean, you know, the lifestyle parts that are all, um, they're, they're really important. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a believer in continual improvement. Uh, personally, as part of my personal makeup, I've always approached things in my life um, from the point of view that whatever it is that I've done, I've always evaluated what I've done and how I've done it. And always with an eye towards how could I do that better the next time. And it, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, I, I played a lot of sports when I was younger and whether it was in sports, whether it's in the business world, um, whether it's just dealing with people one-on-one. -on -one, um, I always tend to assess, self-assess and, and try to improve. And, you know, the martial arts has helped me focus and, and help me understand how to assess. Um, in a better way than, than what I was doing before. And, and, you know, the result for me, I think has been uh, learning to be more patient with people in, in situations, um, learning to be more understanding of people and being able to put yourself in their shoes, in their position to try to understand what you're doing and how that impacts them, rather than just wondering what, you know, concentrating on what you're doing. Uh, so it's really elevating your yourself as a person. Um, and, and those are the things that to me are, are really important and big takeaways for me um, since I've been, you know, practicing and, and being at this club. Okay, and um, Sean, from your perspective, um, how much do you value these lifestyle elements? Uh, they're price, they're invaluable. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, when you look at, you know, if we, if we posture the question, if, if what, what, how does this contribute to your life outside of your career? Right. And it's, and, and what value do you place on that? I mean, when you clock out of work every day and you look at, in fact, if you just look at the work week and you, and you say, you know, you have a finite amount of time, uh, in which to, to choose what you want to do at that time. Right. And there's just a world of possibilities 
um, that are available to you. And, and to, to decide to do something that's healthy, um, I mean, there's all sorts of things that are just unhealthy you could distract yourself with, right? Um, but decide to do something that's, that's actually healthy for you, that's good for you, um, that allows you to decompress from the, week, from the work week. Some weeks are harder than others. Um, to, to get in there and exercise, get your heart rate up, start sweating, activate your lymphatic system, get those toxins out of your body, build up your immunities. Um, you're doing something that's healthy for you at the end of the day, and that is good for you. It's good for the people around you. It's good for your family. It's good for your career. You step back uh, into work the next week, rejuvenated. And you learn a lot of the uh, disciplines that are sign of, uh, I would say, auxiliary to um, the, the art form itself, but, but that sets you up for success within that art form. But it's the stretching, it's the yoga, um, it's the good eating, it's, it's making sure that you uh, do take care of yourself. Even if it's just going for a hike or going for a walk, um, that's going to keep you uh, in, in uh, 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 good shape. Um, you don't have to be uh, an Olympian. Uh, to participate and go in there and roll around and, and learn some technique. Um, but, but you will find that uh, just a moderate amount of exercise, walking or hiking, or just some outdoor activity, it kind of keeps your body loose and limber enough, your knees and everything lubricated, and, and, and it allows you to go in there to actually um, uh, uh, benefit from, from those sessions. Uh, there, there's been times where I have not been taking care of myself. And I decide, you know what, I'm going to go and do some grappling or some jujitsu or some wrestling and my body's not ready for it, right? Because I haven't been taking care of myself. So it teaches you, uh, even in the off times, to stay taking care of yourself, right? You, you have to do that as a lifestyle. Um, and it doesn't mean, again, that you have to be a gladiator or an Olympian, but some basic things, just walking and getting out there, hiking and doing things and things. It is a lifestyle that's sort of auxiliary to what you're doing and what you appreciate and what you get out of the sport that kind of keeps you going. And so that's, uh, I benefited tremendously from that. And it, 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 life has, age has a way of reminding you that you need to do that. So, <laughs> so it's been good. Okay. Um, this will uh, kind of, we'll work towards wrapping things up here, but we, we've talked about the pandemic and how it's affecting everyone. Uh, and um, so how is the pandemic affecting your training and what would you say, this, this is a two-part question, and what would you say to anyone in the electronics industry who's considering maybe trying martial arts out for the benefits that we've talked about or spoken about both uh, mentally and physically? And John, uh, we'll start with you. Yeah, so right now, um, like I said, the, the school that, that I attend, uh, Pariah MMA, uh, so for the time being, I'm, I'm not participating, um, which means I, I don't know what others are are doing that but i can only imagine like a, a lot of the gyms people are, are closing down and, and maybe they're finding ways uh to um responsible ways to to still get uh, uh activity and learning in um but what i would say for people that are uh, considering if, if you're in this industry and you're considering getting involved uh in uh, in any of these disciplines um don't be intimidated um, um this anybody can do this and anyone can benefit from this um, you do not have to have lofty goals. You do not have to decide that you want to compete one day. Um, there is so much to gain nonetheless. Um, if you're willing to, to, to submit yourself to that, um, and, and, and then commit to the process, right? Decide what you want to get out of it at the end of the day, but there is a process nonetheless at the end of the day. And if you, if you know that sometimes my, my heart breaks a little bit when I, when I see people, um, deciding that there is a goal, there is an objective, they want to get healthier, they want to, you know, whatever it is, they, they want to start jogging again. And you start, 
And no matter how hard you try, you've been doing it for a week, you've been doing it for a month, you've been doing it for a year, and it just doesn't seem to be, you don't seem to be making progress. And it, it's heartbreaking because, you know, what I know is that uh, there is another side to that. And I, and I only have the benefit of knowing that of, because I've gone through the process. And it can take a long time. And, uh, you know, it's just, you don't give up. You know, at the end of the day that there is a process. Um, uh, but also just have fun with it. Um, if you don't want to compete and if you don't want to be the world's best, there, there's more to gain and just have fun and just enjoy it. And when you stop enjoying it, when you, you make it hard and you, uh, and you put too much on yourself, then that's when it becomes less fun. And uh, go in there and have fun. Uh, put your pride to the side. Be, be willing to get beat by someone. Uh, be willing to be inspired by someone. Learn something from someone. And, and, uh, and, and there's, there's so much to gain there. And uh, just, just have fun. Okay, and you, Kevin? Yeah, I, I mean, John's covered a lot of it now. Um, you know, I, I would encourage anybody to look at this as a something that you can do for a lifetime, uh, regardless of your age, regardless of your, your starting point. Um, I started only a few years ago, and, you know, so later in life. Um, and, you know, to understand that the traditional martial arts is just as much about the, the mind as it is about the physical part of it. So you're training physically and you, you're, you're exercising, but you're also training your mind. And it helps you to remain sharp and, and to, uh, you know, to be aware. Um, you know, our, our, our club is, I mentioned it's a small club, but we're fortunate that it's been going for 40 years. And one of the real benefits of our club is there's more uh, senseis or, or black belts uh, in our club than there are students in the club. So we have the opportunity when we show up to have one-on-one -on -one training with a black belt, with a sensei, uh, almost every time. And, and that's invaluable to, to have that level of, of you know, guidance to learn when you're learning the martial arts is fantastic. Um, you know, we've, we've struggled through the pandemic. Um, we, we, you know, the club has been closed for the most part since the pandemic started. We have been able to get together as a group outdoors um, and we're waiting for, uh, for our local um, health authorities to give us the go ahead to be able to start doing indoor sports like karate. And, and I know we're close. Uh, we're really close to being able to get back to it. And, and I can't wait to get back to it. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to keep up some of it during the pandemic, uh, my son and I, but, you know, we've let it slip. We, we, we haven't kept up like we should have. So, you know, we need the structure of being able to go to the club to be able to do this. And, and, and we can't wait. We can't wait to get back to the club and, and to get active again and, and start, you know, conditioning and, and, you know, get back to learning and, and everything else. Um, you know, Bob, something that, that struck me, it's interesting, is um, our, our club is um, affiliated with the um, um, Botoku Kai International Association. And one of our lead instructors in North America is a Sensei uh, Ricci, who's out of Boston. Um, and he, he travels here uh, usually four times a year for uh, to conduct uh, seminars and, and extended classes. 
Uh, and we, we've missed that too, because Sensei Richie hasn't been here. Um, so, you know, we, we just miss being with the people. We miss um, the, the, the training. Uh, we miss the, the, the time that we've been spending doing it. And we're really hopeful that we can get back to it quickly. But for anybody that's thinking about this, you know, you can do this later in life. You can do it early in life. Um, there's, there's no drawback to getting engaged with martial arts. There's just no drawback at all. I, I completely agree. I know in my, my case, uh, Massachusetts was shut down from about March to, uh, through June. And um, so I've been back on a limited basis, basically drilling in both styles. We, we can't spar, we can't roll. And, uh, but my coach is Sensei Mark and, and Coach Julio make drilling fun and they try to be creative uh, to make it as engaging as possible. You know? um, and, and that's been fun. And the benefit meant, oh, physically for me has been whenever we go back to full um, um, you know, classes that my cardio ought to be okay. And uh, so that's been motivating me uh, to go every week. And um, so, um, you, you know, even in these pandemic times, these COVID times, um, you know, the, the martial arts community is trying to make the most out of uh, a bad situation, to say the least. But I, I, I would reiterate what both you guys said about anyone can benefit from doing this. And I'll say this, in my, my experience, I'm probably the oldest guy in both schools doing this stuff. And thankfully, Sensei Mark and Coach both, you know, they, they, they don't treat me like a 25-year-old. A they know physically I can't do some of the things that a young man can do. But they handle me appropriately. And I thank them for that. It's part of the journey that my experience is going to be different than a younger guy's. And um, it's part of what makes it fun that I can go out there and compete and, um, and, and get better both mentally and physically from doing this stuff and yet um, do it on my own program because, uh, you know, there's no way I can do some things that a, a 25 or 30 year old guy can do. So um, uh, people ha have to realize that martial arts really is for everyone. It's from a kid all the way up to, you know, you can be a senior citizen and, uh, you know, they're, uh, I, I've heard that, that Helio uh, or Elio uh, Gracie rolled right up until the end, and he was in his 90s when he passed away. Uh, so if, um, if a master like that can set that kind of example, we ought to be able to follow. Yeah, you make a, a really good point, too, about um, you know, not being able to, to maybe do the things that you, you could do when you was 25. Um, so if, if any of you out there are thinking about uh, stepping into this space, I would, I would also encourage you to take your time. Uh, be kind to yourself. Um, you know, stretch. Right? Do a lot of stretching. You're going to need to do that before, stretch after, um, and, and protect yourself. And, and take your time. Um, injuries sometimes can be a little sneaky. And um, you may not feel it in, in, in the moment, but you might wake up <laughs> handicapped the next, the next day. You're not careful <laughs> and have some real injury. So um, uh, when you're 18, you're a young whippersnapper, that, that stuff, you, you bounce back pretty quick. But um, if you're not careful with yourself, 
this age, take your time. Take your time. Be good to yourself. Stretch and get ready for that for that environment. And then take it easy. No, don't 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 go. You may not need to go 100 percent. Just five percent, 10 percent might be okay. Learn and uh, you know, set yourself up for success. I completely agree. And one one other thing I would add too is don't if you're in a belt ranking kind of style. Don't worry about belts and stripes and stuff. They'll come if you put the work in and show up every day. That's right. The belts and the ranks will come. I never think about that stuff. And a point that you made earlier about winning and losing, I never worry about winning or losing either. Um, sensei sons, I know, take it easy on me because, you know, they're respectful. Uh, you know, and the same thing when, I, you know, rolling. It, it, when we were rolling, um, I can't tell. I've lost count of how many times I got submitted, but it's fun, even though I lost. And, uh, um, but it's fun, it's part of the process. And, um, and, and you, can't, you can't let that stuff deter you from experiencing the journey of learning and making yourself better. You know, it's funny, Bob, you mentioned the belt. If you're in you know, one of the organizations that, that uses the belts, um, our organization, I, it might be the same for many other organizations. You started a white belt and, you know, you become a sensei when you achieve black belt. Uh, but after you're, you continue as a black belt and you earn the different degrees of black belt, the final belt is a white belt again. So the master belt in our practicing in, in the Serenji Do is a, is a white belt when you've achieved everything you can achieve in the, in, in the martial art. Uh, so that's always something I found interesting that, you know, it, it comes around full circle. Yeah, Sensei Mark has, has a saying that uh, where he says, all a white, uh, black belt is, is a white belt that never quit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. when you boil it down, it really is. Most it's people so quit before they, they get to that level. But all it means is that you persevered through a word that I think both of you guys used uh, in this little discussion was perseverance. You persevered through, yes, there is, it, it can be difficult physically and mentally at times to move up the ranks, but uh, that black belt, all it means is that you persevered through the process. There's a process at the end of the day, and you, that, that, that's the journey, right? I think, Kevin, you use the term journey, too, and that's, yeah, that's the perseverance. And the, the, there is a pro I love the process. And, and like you said, just, you know, if you're rolling around and, and you're getting submitted 10, 20 times, like, that's, that's just what it is today, you know? And that's, but you're learning from that at the end of the day. And, and if you've never been on the receiving end of that, man, it's, it's, it's an experience, and it's a journey, and you're learning so much from that experience you're learning so much from from realizing your own deficiencies um and that's the process that is the journey and you persevere through that and, it's, and at the end of the day i mean isn't it all about the journey it's not about the destination it's always about the journey yeah yeah absolutely you, 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 uh, before i let you go guys uh sensei mark had the delay my my family also participates and my wife and daughter are kind of, they were supposed to test in october for the uh, October 2020 for their black belt because of the pandemic stuff, he delayed it to 2021 because they wouldn't be able to spar. They they couldn't even really run because you'd ha you have to have a mask. So to ask someone, the, uh, the, the, uh, our Kyokushin black belt test is about a three hour test. It's running, 
it's all kinds of cardio stuff. It's sparring, it's kata. And uh, it, the idea, it's, it's supposed to fatigue you and you're supposed to persevere through the test. And it's kind of like the, the crowning moment of your, your journey. And uh, Sensei Mark delayed it uh, for my wife and, and daughter uh, for next year. But the takeaway that for, for my experience isn't necessarily the black belt. It was that day testing, you know, um, of doing the running. Uh, we had a, roughly a three-mile run in between it. We had to do stair, uh, not stair, but hill runs, uh, uh, hill sprints and stuff. And I wasn't expecting the hill sprints. My legs were dog tired. We get back, I'm doing cardio. And then I had to spar and I took some shots. I was so sore the next day. Uh, I could barely move, but uh, it's the black belt test that I remember more than the, the black belt. I wouldn't say it doesn't mean nothing to me, but it's the test and going through that test with my classmates, one of them being Sensei Mark's son, who I looked to, he inspired me. He, he's, he, uh, he's a very impressive young man and um, uh, he helped me get through that test. And that's what I take away from all of that. Yeah, some truth to that. Yeah. I want to thank you guys uh, for taking time out of your day to talk about martial arts. I had a lot of fun talking about this. And before I let you guys go, could you state where people can find you, your companies on the, on the internet? Kevin? Uh, sure, I'm at uh, Taurus Power. So T-O-R-U-S power.com. Um, and uh, anybody can get in touch with me through, through that, uh, through the website. Okay, and Sean, One Firefly. Yeah, One Firefly. You can find us online at uh, One Firefly. Spell, you want to spell out one, L-N-E, and firefly.com. And uh, you can learn all about what we do and our history with this industry and serving uh, CR professionals for over a decade now. Uh, yeah, online. Thank you, guys. And I will give you a big us. Um, and have a great day. Have a nice weekend. Thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with me today. Thank you. Sir. Great. Had a really good time. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bob Ancher. And uh, now that we've gone through the martial arts podcast panel discussion, I wanted to take a few minutes to talk with a couple of experts on the topic of martial arts, um, the benefits of practicing martial arts from both a mental and physical perspective. And I also wanted to take a closer look at a couple of popular martial arts, jiu-jitsu and um, karate. To do so, I asked a couple of questions to Sensei Mark and Coach Julio. Um, so you're going to hear from my coaches discussing karate and jiu-jitsu and the benefits they provide as a martial art and both the physical and mental aspects to help someone's daily activities, and overall quality of life. Okay, well, one of the things is when you think like a gym or stuff like that, you think these guys are lifting a lot of heavy weights. Um, you're also, de it depends on what you want in your build. Um, with a lot of heavy weights, you do tear, rip muscles, and they have to reform. So there can be a certain amount of strain. When it comes to martial arts training, you're working your flexibility, you're working your cardio, you're working balance, and you're developing strength. So a lot of times you don't need that extra weight to get stronger. Uh, good bag work really helps you out. Um, 
actually one of the martial artists that I am a big fan of, Michael Jai White. You know, he plays Spawn. You've seen him in movies. He even admits most of his workout is from bag work and training, uh, very little weight. But like I said, you know, with martial arts training, you're getting a whole body experience. And also, too, you're developing internally. You're developing your mind, your body, your spirit. Uh, so I think, in general, for most people, martial arts training is better than heavyweight training, especially for your average person. I mean, your average housewife is not going to go out there and start deadlifting 300 pounds, but your average housewife could throw a strong sidekick. Thank you, Cynthia. You're welcome. That's all right. Later. All right. So one of the things you look for when choosing a martial arts school is, number one, if you can find the history of the instructor. Um, myself, I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. I trained under Sensei's John Jackson, Sensei George Sumisa, who trained directly under um, Master Tadashi Yamashita. Most people know him from movies, um, different things like that. But also, too, you want to go to a school where the instructors, they don't give you this ego where it's like, okay, no other style is better than ours. Nobody else is as good as us. If they talk about how great they are all the time, you should probably have a second thought about them. Also, too, if they can't tell you, okay, well, we're going to put you in this program, but they can't really tell you how much is it going to cost or there's always surprises, have a second thought. And also, too, one of the biggest things, if they go, oh, in two years, you're going to have a black belt, you should not go under the idea that you're going to get a black belt in a certain amount of time. It really depends on you as an individual and your instructor's curriculum. Okay. Nobody should be able to guarantee when you're going to be a black belt. Okay, thank you, Sensei. You're welcome. Okay, Sensei. Um, can people practice martial arts styles such as karate or jiu-jitsu uh, and meet their physical fitness goals? Definitely. Um, I myself, my first karate class was in 1974. I was seven years old. I've been doing martial arts pretty much all my life. I'm 53 years old now. So like I said, once again, depending on the person, what their physical goal is, you know, the harder you train, of course, the more you're going to get out of it. But also too, as you get older, martial arts training, your, your body actually develops muscle memory. So you may not be as fast as you were when you were 20, but you will also realize that what took me maybe three steps to do when I was 20, I can do in one step now in my older years. And it's well-documented people in Okinawa, for instance, are the, some of the longest living people on the planet. Their diet is a big thing. And a lot of them, they take martial arts, not so much for life or death, you know, or self-defense, but for exercise. So you constantly move and you're constantly keeping your body going and it's very beneficial, like I said, for your mind and your body. Thank you, Sensei. Hi, Coach. My first question for you is, um, Shih Tzu is known as a gentle art form, but yet it's highly effective. How can it be known as a gentle art form, but yet be so effective? Well, technically, technically about uh, be so effective because 
um, you you use the opponent's strength and endurance and weight against him as uh, on uh, about leverage. Uh, you know, so the whole point is on jujitsu, it's learn how to be comfortable when it's uncomfortable and don't have no fear about how long the fight's gonna last. So with jujitsu, you build this kind of confidence where there's no time limit and you focus on survive, manage your cardio, manage the knowledge you know, so you can control your opponent. And, and by doing this, we have uh, so many options of reverse the positions, use like leverage angles, so we don't have to really rely on any strength and size. So it doesn't matter um, how big you are, how strong you are, if you face someone has a ground experience like Jiu Jitsu does, for sure, that's a big advantage. And that's how I believe they call gentle art because you're not that aggressive. I mean, aggressive in the point where when you become a fight or martial arts, everyone looking forward to pump, punch, and kicks. And Jiu Jitsu, we do learn those, but we learn how to manage distance and we can get, uh, we can kind of avoid those kind of strikes and kicks and then we can get a control with the open bike be close to the person because the gentle it's mean on my understandings you don't show aggressivity to finish or control your open that's my point of view about why jiu-jitsu called gentle art okay why uh, is there something about jiu-jitsu that maybe people might assume but don't necessarily know and which point um like the lifestyle of practitioners. Yes, people don't don't understand much about uh, when they heard about jujitsu. That I think the first thing come in mind it's uh, UFC. It's um, pound to pound strike and punches and kicks, a lot of blood involved. And on a gentle art, on a martial, on a jujitsu lifestyle, it's not about that. It's about mindset. It's a mindset. How can you uh, be so kind and, and care about others on the mat and take with you outside the mats. So the good thing about jiu-jitsu and in what we do, we respect each other a lot and it's a game of trust. What do you mean trust? So when you are training with your opponent in jiu-jitsu, okay, I need to trust my opponent. They will let go when I give up. When we give up, when we tap. So the big trust right there, where if uh, he needs to trust me when I catch him in a submission or any kind of choke hold or any, any other aspect of breaking someone's arm, shoulders, uh, I will let go when he give up. And we cannot manage that on a street fight. You cannot manage that on a strike on other martial arts because when the person land a punch or kick, it can go very hard can go very fast so you cannot manage that well as you can manage a control your open related submission okay coach my final question can people who practice to get the same benefits as they would go into a physical fitness center or something equivalent well it's a good good question because i have my strong beliefs about it's totally different and why you say that? Because I have here so many people come to try a class and they are talking about someone like when they walk in the first time, they are, I'm, a, I'm fit. I run 20 miles, I power lift, 600 pounds in squats, 
I do crossfit, I swim a lot, I do 100 miles of biking. The moment they go three minutes under pressure, under someone, they panic. They can't control that. So the difference is, be fit helps, for sure. But be with someone on the top of you, try choke you, smash you. It's a whole different story. And that's why people get so involved in love with jiu-jitsu because how it's possible, I think I'm in fit, I'm in a good shape, I can't even survive two minutes of life training someone maybe 50 pounds lighter than me. How he can be so heavy? How can I not, how he's so calm and I'm panicking? And I'm in a better shape than the person. So what I see is like, that's a huge difference because you can, you can, you can like not, you can push yourself if you want to run a marathon. You can push yourself if you want to put my weight, a lifting weight. Yes, for sure. But when you have someone on top of you try to choke you, it's different. And that's what the jiu-jitsu is all about. It's not choking each other, but learn how to be comfortable with uncomfortable. And learn how to deal with this kind of stamina, you know, uh, on, a long, on a fight where you don't know how long it's going to last. So uh, the big difference, I think, is that. And learn how to manage your cardio and under pressure. And it's a whole different story. Thank you, Coach. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you.